Today at Kayla's Church, we're discussing how to have the discipline of celebration. Oh, that's actually really cool because we've been talking about the celebration of discipline. Yeah. Because it's like a flip-flop. Yeah, cool, man. Celebration of discipline, discipline of celebration. Welcome to Kalos Church. My name is Amrita Jiva. And I'm Pradeep Jiva. We're so thankful that you're joining us mm -hmm. today. Kalos means beautiful in Greek, and our hope is that you would experience the beauty of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right now, we have people meeting online at, at our in-person watch parties in mm -hmm. downtown Bellevue. If you would like to know more about Kalos Church, we'd love for you to come to our next meet and greet. You can sign up right here. Awesome. Well, we have a great message coming up for our Spiritual Disciplines, Christian Disciplines series. But before we get to that, we just want to celebrate and pray for some local community requests. And yeah. the first thing that we're celebrating is we have successfully launched our small groups. Yes. And people are meeting all over the area and connecting in various ways. Mm -hmm. Friendships forming, mm -hmm. potential romantic interests forming. Who knows what's happening? And so we just love that. I want to show you a few pictures of the small groups that are going on so you can get a little taste. If you haven't signed up for one, there's still time, but we are just praising the Lord that we're not just a friendly church, but a church, church of, of friends. friends. Amen and amen. Well, we also just want to pray on that note. We know people have been lonely. The winter seems so long. I mean, I know that the days are getting like lighter, but yeah, it still yeah. can be oppressive and uh, it's hard to make friends, and maybe you haven't found those friendships in that small group yet. And so we just want to pray over everyone who's feeling a little bit lonely and yeah. is looking for friendship. Yeah. So let's pray. Yeah. Dear Father, thank you so much for small groups and the opportunity to make friendships. But for those of us who still don't really know how to make friends, we still feel at a loss for the words, or it's hard to initiate, and we just haven't sparked or connected with anybody. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to, to make friends. Lord, that you would help us to get connected and you would forge these relationships in this church and in this small group. And Lord, we, we are just open to these relationships and we pray for your, your blessing and your opportunity on them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. Well, we are really excited to introduce you today to our guest speaker. Yeah. Her name is Sharon Miller. And Sharon is an author. She is a church planter in South Carolina. And what's so funny is that actually Sharon and I met online mm -hmm. where we were just posting things about our churches and about God and the things we're excited about. And you know, there's all the people online, there's just certain people that you're like, wait a minute, I really like what that person mm -hmm. said. Wait a minute, you really have something to say. Yeah. And I really felt that way about Sharon. And so I reached out to her and we started becoming friends. We chatted a few times on the phone online. And I said, would you come speak at Kalos Church? So let's give Sharon a warm welcome. She's got an incredible word for us. Well, good morning, Kalos Church. My name is Sharon Miller. I am the teaching pastor at Bright City Church in Durham, North Carolina, and I am so excited to be with you guys this morning. The Seattle area is really close to my heart because that is where my brother and sister-in-law live, but I'm also excited to be with you guys because I've just gotten to know pastors Pradeepan and Amrita this year, and before I dig into the message this morning, I did want to just brag on them for a quick moment. 
I am someone who, when I look out at just the landscape of the church in our country right now, I feel like there is a lot of noise, a lot of people weighing in, but not a lot of people actually saying something. And that was actually how I connected with Amritha. Uh, we are both church planters and we are in a church planting group. And I noticed her saying some things where I was like, this girl is saying something. I want her to be my friend. And so I reached out to her like a weirdo and thankfully she wanted to be my friend too. And so we just, we feel like kindred spirits in a lot of ways. Just what you guys are doing is very similar to what we're doing at Bright City Church. And so it's, it's such an honor to be with you this morning. So I want you to think back. We are going on almost a year now of being in the pandemic. And I don't know about you, but I have had some really weird party experiences during the pandemic. When I look back and think over the birthday parties and the baby showers, I they, they've all been kind of off, you know, like you you don't go to birthday parties now. You go to people's driveways. Like I've been to a number of my kids' friends' birthday parties where we would pull up to the front of their yard and we would get out with masks on and we would like sign a poster and then kind of like run back to the van. My sister-in-law had a baby shower over the summer and we gathered in her driveway and she sat in a rocking chair like far away from everyone else. Uh, we also live in a college town. There's three major universities here. And so when graduation happened in the spring, it wasn't like, oh, well, graduation just isn't a thing anymore. Like, like we really wanted to celebrate our graduating seniors. And so we attended a number of graduation parades. And we did all of this because of lockdown, like especially back in the spring when things were like seriously, seriously locked down and everything was closed. You know, we weren't able to go to restaurants. We weren't able to go to movie theaters, but it's so funny when you think about it, it wasn't as if we thought, well, fun is canceled now. Like we never had that thought, like, like people are graduating, but well, you know, we might as well just ignore that that is happening. You know, birthdays were happening and it wasn't as if we thought, well, my birthday is just canceled for this year. There, there was never a moment where we thought we're, we're, we're gonna skip commemorating these milestones. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is, is that celebration is something that God has put inside of us and that God has written into the fabric of creation. And so that is what we're going to look into this morning as you guys are doing this sermon series on spiritual disciplines is we're going to be looking at the spiritual discipline of celebration. And, you know, we don't think of celebration as, as being a spiritual discipline. And so to understand why this is actually an essential part of following Jesus, what I want to do this morning is I want to do kind of like a flyover look at the Bible. And I want to look at five key moments where celebration figures into the story of God. And after looking at all of this, I think you're going to understand why celebration, even though sometimes Christians have done a bad job of explaining that this is 
core to the Christian faith is, is being a people of joy and fun. I think when you look at the big picture of the story of God, it will make a lot more sense. So we're going to start out with the, the first uh, ce celebration, really, is at the beginning of the Bible, at the beginning of creation. So we'll be starting out in Genesis 1, and I'm not going to read the scripture that goes with every single one of these because it's just going to be a lot of scripture, but I am going to read this passage starting in Genesis 1, verses 31 through 2, verse 3. So this is what it says. It says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came and then morning, the sixth day. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from all his work of creation. So what we have here is essentially the first celebration is that God, he creates the heavens, he creates the earth, he creates the land and the sea and the, and the birds and the fish, and, and then he creates humanity. And then finally, on the seventh day, he doesn't just simply cease from working. He steps back, he looks back on, looks over everything he has made, and he enjoys it. He sets aside time to delight in what he has done. And this is a distinctly Judeo-Christian understanding of rest, where rest is not simply the absence of work, but it is the presence of active enjoyment of God and his gifts. And so this, this practice of stopping and making time to celebrate, we see it at the, the very beginning of the Bible. And because of this, celebration becomes a really essential part of the people of God, of Israel. One thing that we see throughout the Old Testament, which I don't have time to get into this morning, is the, the people of God, Israelites, they keep establishing festivals so that by the time we get to Jesus, there are at least seven annual festivals where they stop, they cease from working to celebrate, to thank God for his faithfulness to them. So that's the, the first key moment of celebration is at the very beginning of the Bible, at the very beginning of uh, creation. So now we're going to fast forward, we're going to actually skip over the entire Old Testament to the second key moment of celebration, which is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. So this is in John 2, where we witness the very first miracle of Jesus's ministry. This is sort of like kicking off Jesus's ministry. In John 2, verse 11, it describes this is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee. And what was the first of his signs? It was turning water into wine at a wedding. Now, Think about that for a moment. You're Jesus. This is the first manifestation of your power. We are really going to like show off and show who you are. Like, what do you do? Because I would think it would be something altruistic, if I'm not going to lie. I, I think it would be like a healing or, you know, feeding the hungry, raising the dead, you know, doing something good for people. Instead, this miracle is totally unnecessary. It's not filling any sort of essential need. And instead, his first miracle, all it is doing 
is contributing to a celebration, is making the celebration even better. So that is the second key moment of celebration in scripture. The, the first is the beginning of the Bible, the beginning of creation. The second is at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. The third is at the end of Jesus's ministry. In Matthew 26, 17, it says, and this is the very end of Jesus's life, the very end of his ministry. It says, on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? And in the, the passage that follows is the institution of the Lord's Supper. It's in the passage that follows, it's the words that we read whenever we take communion together. And even though this is, we tend to think of this as a very somber occasion because this was Jesus's last meal on earth, but it was a Passover meal, which meant that it was a festival meal, which meant this was actually a celebration. Passover was when the Jews remembered God's faithfulness when they were in captivity to Egypt, where God sent plague after plague. And then he finally sent this plague of, of taking the firstborn sons. And the only way they could be spared is if they took bloods of lambs and put it over their doorposts, and then their homes would be passed over and they would be spared. And so every year, Jews remember God's faithfulness this way. They celebrated it together. And this was the occasion of the Last Supper. But at the same time, what, what Jesus seems to be doing here is, is repurposing it and saying, you know, we always remember this, this faithfulness through the shedding of the blood of the lamb. Now I am that lamb. And because of my blood, you will be passed over. And so he, you know, institutes it in a new way. And we continue to celebrate God's faithfulness as well. So that is the, the third significant celebration in scripture is at the end of Jesus's ministry. Number four is in Acts 2. And this is the beginning. So you're noticing a theme now. It's the, a lot of beginnings. It like kicks off a lot of things. It's the beginning of the church. The church is born in Acts 2. We see this amazing scene where the Holy Spirit descends and it, it unites all of these people who are different tribes and different tongues. And, and all of a sudden they can understand one another. And it's this, this miracle of unity that happens. And we remember this, we call this Pentecost. But what a, a lot of Christians don't know is that, that Pentecost was a pre-existing Jewish festival. It was another time to thank God for his provision. And so the birth of the church took place on a Jewish festival day. So that's number four. And then finally, number five, the last significant celebration in scripture is at the very end of the Bible in Revelation 19, where you see this scene where we are reunited with Jesus. And the imagery that we see here is of a wedding feast. So it's also, it's not a coincidence that Jesus's ministry begins with a miracle of a wedding. And then when we are reunited with Christ, it's this imagery of, of a wedding again. And so what we see from all of this is that both the Bible and Jesus's ministry and the church are bookended by celebration. So the Bible begins and ends with celebration. Jesus' ministry begins and ends with celebration. And then the church as well, which, which also in a sense is, is consummated in Revelation, it begins and ends with celebration. So what does this mean 
for us, what are we to make of the fact that celebration is is woven throughout scripture, that it is meant to structure the very life of God's people and that it defined the life and ministry of Jesus? What it means is that it tells us about the essential character of God. What we learn by looking at this is that God is not, we're not meant to think of him as scary or stingy or even boring. Instead, we should think of God as abundant, as as joyous, as delightful, as extravagant, as funny. I mean, jokes, the, the existence of jokes, like evolution does not account for jokes. Jokes come because God invented jokes. God is funny. God is fun. And so if we follow him, that means that celebration is a spiritual discipline. Now, that that might sound weird. That might sound like we're taking something fun and then making it not fun. But the word discipline here, it it makes a lot more sense when you think about the, the root word of discipline is disciple. And so for disciples of Jesus, this is how we follow him. This is how we become like him. Celebration is how we become like Christ. Jesus celebrated a lot. And so to become like Jesus, we celebrate a lot. So what does this mean for us practically? First, it means understanding what celebration is not. Two you know, clarifying points here. First, celebration is not an escape from reality. It is not numbing yourself to the hard realities of the world. Celebration engages our attention while escape is withdrawing. Celebration focuses your mind onto what is good and is real, while escape just dulls our mind to both. And so that's the first clarifying point, first qualification. Celebration is not an escape from reality. Number two, celebration is not an excuse to just do whatever you want. You know, Jesus turned water into wine, but he did not then proceed to just drink it all. Sometimes celebration becomes an excuse for bad decision making. And so I want to be clear that that is not what we are talking about here. So what is the discipline of celebration? Well, I would define it very simply. I would define the discipline of celebration as actively remembering and enjoying the goodness of God in our lives. Uh, An even shorter way that we often put it in our family is delighting in God and in the gifts of God. So celebrating you know, all sorts of things, celebrating another year of life, another year of marriage, another year of sobriety, another baby that is born. In each of these, these common, almost intuitive forms of celebration, we are celebrating the gift. But as Christians, we are also celebrating the giver. We are celebrating the generosity and faithfulness of God, which which is what the Israelites had written into their annual calendar. And when we do this regularly, it, it, it has the effect of forming us. It is cultivating joy. You know, we tend to think of celebration as something that overflows from joy, that, that it follows joy, but, but really, and, and that can be true, but really celebration also precedes joy. It is the work of cultivating joy. And when we do this work of cultivating joy, when we celebrate, it makes us more like Jesus. 
So as I close this morning, practically, what does this mean for us? Like, what does it look like to practice the spiritual discipline of celebration, especially during a pandemic when we need to cultivate joy so desperately? Well, I have three practices for you this morning. The first is to express gratitude daily. This is this is a really common practice. There's there's a lot of research that has been done on how just the 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 act of expressing gratitude, uh, how that actually cultivates joy. And so that is something that we have done with our kids actually. That as we've noticed spirits of uh, entitlement with our kids, where they they are you know ungrateful as we realize that this is something we need to sow into them that we need to cultivate in them and so something that we have started doing with our kids every night is asking them to thank god for three things and it has really blessed me and convicted me my my middle son cohen who is just about to turn six he really gets this this kid will not stop at three he will literally thank god for anything like he thanks god for you know me and and my husband and our, our family but then he just goes off into thanking god for his lamp and he's thankful for his curtains and he's thankful for his star wars posters he once told me he was thankful for the letter w i do not know why but i i think that because he's naturally prone towards gratitude he's also our most joyful kid this is you know really how we we cultivate joy it 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 changes the way that we see the world and you've also you've probably heard the phrase comparison is the thief of joy well gratitude is the counter to that it's really specifically choosing your filter for how you see the world and as often as we see these festivals were really all they were was just thanking god if we do that every single day, we can do that through gratitude and it cultivates joy in our lives. So that's the first practical takeaway is to express gratitude daily. The second is to celebrate weekly. And this is essentially what Sabbath is, is that Sabbath is a weekly celebration. We, earlier this summer, we had uh, author Jeff Bethke come and preach at our church and he described Sabbath. I love the way he described Sabbath. He referred to it as having a weekly holiday to think of it as having every single week, like Christmas, you know, what would that look like if you had Christmas every single week? And that doesn't necessarily mean you know, giving that level of presence, but how intentional we are at Christmas time about having fun and delighting in God and the gifts of God. What would that look like for you to think of Sabbath that way? Now, I know for some of you who are like me, we, we have three young children. Our oldest is eight and our youngest is three. And so Sabbath for us does not look like us laying around, you know, with our children feeding us grapes and, you know, waiting on us hand and feet. It is not luxurious for us in this season of life, but we have really been intentional about approaching Sabbath as delighting in God and the gifts of God. Um, just one other thing that I, I just kind of thought of too, that has been really helpful for us is it's, it's, ceasing from you know doing your job on the sabbath but it's also a time for your soul and your mind to rest and so we don't even talk about work on the sabbath so we might still be like chasing our kids and you know running around but we're not actively uh, our, our mind and our focus is not on work during that time 
So celebrate weekly, especially with the, the practice of Sabbath. And then the final practical takeaway, and this is one where you're going to think this does not sound like a spiritual practice at all. Like, why did this make the cut? Uh, but the the third practice for, you know, in cultivating the, the discipline of celebration is to laugh often. Laugh often. I don't think we think of laughter as a spiritual practice, uh, but I, I tend to think of laughter actually more like a human reflexive response to joy, you know, not just things that are funny. And my, my favorite memory of this is that when my daughter Sadie was born, she we have two boys and then we had a girl and we knew we were having a girl, but I couldn't really grasp it. I knew I wouldn't totally grasp it until I actually met her in person outside of the womb. And so in the moment when she was born and the doctor said, it's a girl, I will never forget. My response was to laugh out of sheer joy in that moment. Laughter is the most basic human response to joy, but it, it's almost the most, it's also the most transcendent. It's almost like you're having this tiny celebration in your body and in your soul whenever you laugh. Seriousness, on the other hand, is, is sort of antithetical to celebration. And so I want you to reframe laughter, not mean laughter or sarcastic laughter, but the laughter of delight as an act of nurturing your soul. And then I want you to intentionally laugh often. Now, the good news here is that you have two pastors who are discipling you in this. You know, we we follow you guys on Instagram and so we see your sermon clips a lot and I cannot tell you how many times I've watched these sermon clips and I've laughed out loud and then I've gone to my husband Ike and said, "I can't, I want to be friends with them. Like they're so funny. They crack me up." And it's easy to think of laughter as just sort of like the icing on the cake, but every time your pastors practice laughter, who lead you in laughter, that is actually an act of the spiritual discipline of celebration. I would love for you to reframe it and to think of it that way. And so that is my challenge to you as I, I wrap up this morning as we continue on uh, in this pandemic that now as much as ever, it is important to engage in the spiritual discipline of celebration. And that when we do this, this is not a shallow distraction, but that it has been put in us by God and it is how we become like God. And so I'm going to turn it back over to your pastors in a moment. But but before we before I do, I, I the last thing that is really on my heart to ask you guys is as I've depicted this image of God, this this character of God who loves to laugh, loves to have fun, loves to celebrate, loves to delight. The question that I want to ask you is, do you know that God? Because many of you have been raised in an understanding of God where he is austere and he is stern and he is quick to judge. And that has inhibited your relationship with him and it has also inhibited your faith. And so as I, I turn it back over to, to the pastors, I, I want you to reflect in your heart, do I know this God of joy? Do I know this God of celebration? Do I live with the lightness of following a God like that? And if I do not, am I ready to know him today? 
Well, amen. amen. Thank you, Sharon, so much for speaking at Kalos Church. You are such a joy. Oh, we, we want to give you an opportunity. Maybe those of you that have never heard of Jesus or have a relationship with him, we want you to know that it's never too late, that you're not too far from God's love. And so we want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer with us about giving your life to Jesus and starting a journey with him. So let's pray this all together. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer with us, we would love to walk with you in your life with God. Would you go ahead and text the number? Let us know, and we would love to follow up with you. Amen. Well, we're going to continue to worship the Lord right now with our finances. Yeah. And Kalos Church is supported by many people who have been financially contributing, have set up uh, reoccurring giving yeah. with our website or given one time in it. It is such a blessing, but it's not just uh, investing for the sake of investing. It's investing in life change. Yes. And God has used these tithes and offerings to make a huge difference in the lives of our people. So as you check out our website, uh, watch this story of life change. Hello, Kalos Church. Um, today, I wanted to give my testimony on how Jesus has really changed my life. Um, I came to Kalos a couple of months ago, and uh, I started going to house gatherings, and those were really wonderful times, and actually, the, the environment was just very safe and meaningful, and we did a lot of praying and sharing, and I persevered, and uh, during those times, I felt like I had grown a lot uh, as a Christian, and uh, I eventually even decided to get baptized. Um, so this was a decision that I made on my own uh, to become a, uh, to get baptized to really follow Jesus and commit. Um, for, for the first time, it was this was coming from me, and so I'm very grateful and thankful for all of that. And uh, since even you know during house gatherings, uh, God has done a lot in my life. I got a job with Samsung, a really great job, a dream job. That's something I've been looking for uh, for a long time. And despite the difficulties uh, during the pandemic and also being a national student, um, and on top of that, God has done a lot in my uh, family, um, back home, here, and it's been really wonderful. So I'm very grateful and thankful uh, for, for, you know, what, for what God has done for me, for what the church has done for me. Um, so my next step, I'm going to be going to Texas, and I'm so excited. Um, Pastor Padilla actually yeah, is going to recommend me another church over there, so another community of Christians. I really want to keep following this life of, uh, of a Christian, of a follower of Jesus Christ. And I just want to say thank you. God bless. Amen. Well, what a great story. And I got two quick announcements before we sing together. And the first one is this. We are doing an all Kalos outreach where yeah. we want to bless the women of Sophia Way. Yeah. Sophia Way is a local ministry in Bellevue that helps women who are experiencing homelessness, mm -hmm. which is a lot of people right now in the pandemic and quarantine yeah. with job yeah. losses, things like that. And so they asked Kalos Church, would you gather 30 people to donate $12 each and an encouraging 
note. And we said, yes, absolutely. Our people would love to do that. So we only have 30 spots, but if you would like to be one of the people that, that help with this ministry partnership, please visit this website right now to get all the details of how you can join us in that. And it'll be a very practical way for us to make known the beauty of Amen. Jesus. Amen. And, and the second announcement is, hey, we would love for you to join us for our next meet and greet. This is the time where we can meet you and yeah. hear your stories. And you can hear the story of Kalos Church. And we can talk about how we can partner together. Yeah. And we're going to have and, dinner. Uh, yeah, it's going to be gonna awesome. Be yeah. Dinner, a chance to talk, connect laugh, make some inside jokes, meet some other people who are joining Kalos as well. And so we want to invite you, sign up at the website, please. Well, let me bless you before we sing. May you know and make known the beauty of Jesus. May the Lord bless you and keep you and be gracious to you. May he make his face to shine upon you and give you peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, let's stand and worship. Are you hurting and broken? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come. to 
Treasure you found 